Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. All right, we're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tosopoulos, and we have a special guest today, PP&J, Peanut Butter, and Jam. You got to go Jam instead of Jelly. It's basketball player. We got Patrick Baldwin Jr. joining the boys, NBA prospect. How you doing, man? Doing great. You know, just down here in Chicago working out, uh, going through the pre-draft process right now and uh, living the dream so far. Yeah, talk about the dream. Is it you yet, man? How surreal is this? Is it crazy for you? Yeah, this is definitely coming to me fast right now. Um, I mean, I can think about it was just yesterday when I was just that little boy at the park just hooping. Um, and now I'm at that big stage where I'm right in front of my dreams. So we're kind of at the finish line, but at the same time with the starting line. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just got to just gotta push through it and work through it. Yeah, starting line was early for you. You, are, you were the youngest player to ever receive an offer from Coach K. That sophomore year. Was it then that it really hit you that the NBA was a possibility or did it still, still take a little bit of time that you could, for you to realize that you could be an NBA basketball player? Yeah, it still definitely took a lot of time. Um, I think my parents at that point did a good job of keeping me grounded and mm-hmm. uh, super humble throughout that whole process. Um, but that was, that was definitely a, a big eye opener for me uh, when I realized like, yeah, I was that youngest Duke offer. Um, but then as it slowly got progressed and got close to my senior year and, my freshman year of college, it became a, a real possibility and something that, you know, we started talking about a little bit more. Yeah, man. What are you working on? What aspects of your game? It's full basketball. School's out, man. Done yeah. with school for summer and probably for good. Uh, what are you working on basketball-wise? Yeah, so it's it's full basketball right now. Um, first and foremost, it's my health. Um, mm-hmm. My ankle's been a big part of, you know, my issues the last two years, basically. Um, so that's been a big point of emphasis this summer. Um, and then overall, just, you know, working on the shooting, working on, you know, defending and open runs and, um, you know, working on the ball handling and uh, getting quicker, more athletic, just, you know, kind of, I'm at the point where I'm still working on my entire game right Mm now. Um, So there's a lot of things that we're doing just to tighten up the screws and uh, open up some new things for my game right now. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think, you think that'll be something that changes as you progress throughout, you know, going to the NBA. And then at that point, once you've kind of rounded out your entire game, then you'll start adding those like more singular levels, those, those extra pieces and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, throughout my whole career, it's always been a puzzle. Um, and as you get closer to completing that puzzle, it's about finding those last pieces that really fit in. Um, so whether that's the, you know, defending portion or um, what my role is with the team. So just completing that puzzle and uh, making that picture of what my game is going to be for an NBA team. Are you excited you, a little bit in, in the sense that your role is going to be so different than what it usually is? Like your, your role, like you went to Milwaukee, 
where you're the coach's son. I mean, you're the best player on the team and you're the coach's son. You know, you're one of the probably best player in your high school, one of the best guys in AAU. Now you're going to the NBA and you kind of have a little pressure off you. Are you excited about that? Some more open looks. You really kind of, you know, show that portion of your game. Like you could hit shots, but a lot of your shots are always contested. Yeah. Um, there's definitely stuff to be excited about. Um, I mean, you're in the cream of the crop of, of basketball talent in the NBA. So um, there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure taken off me uh, offensively in terms of load. Um, so, yeah, in that case, I'm a little bit excited. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a transition period, transitioning from that, from that old role that I had in college and high school to, you know, what my new NBA role is going to be, um, even though it will be somewhat similar um, in a sense. I, yeah. I think I saw – you know, obviously there's so many different people that, that make drafting profiles on all the different guys that are, that are going to go to the league. But I think I saw one person say you shot like seven open shots, like the entire season, like truly like, and obviously like it's different, right? What, what they consider a wide open shot or yeah. a, a lightly contested shot like that differs. And that's, that's subjective, but it's just ridiculous. Even the fact that it was seven open jumpers is yeah. it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you feel like that was like a real challenge? Like you're trying to adjust to the college game and like you hardly are even getting any room to, to breathe, let alone get your shot off. Yeah, I, that's something I definitely expected. Um, and I don't know who's like determining what's an open shot or whatnot. Right. Um, but, you know, I've talked about this a ton. When you're a guy of my caliber coming into that situation, um, you know, your friend sending the scouting report, um, you're circling red uh, before the locker room, you're talking about is, okay, you got to take this guy to the game. Um, so when they're sending two, three guys at you at a time, um, seven open looks is, it sounds about right to me. Three guys this is the Aaron Donald treatment over here. It's crazy, right? Yeah, oh my bit, God. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the big takeaways from this year? Obviously you could have played anywhere you wanted. You chose to play for the old man. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting move, but you stuck with it. Went with your guns. What were some of the positives that maybe people didn't see, you know, that you guys got to experience together and you got to experience and also some of the big lessons you learned. Yeah, so I'll start off with a lesson. Um, yeah. You know, I think for every rookie, they talk about that rookie wall, basically, um, and how you respond to that rookie wall. Um, and I think in that sense, I've already been prepared for it in a way, um, just having gone through various injuries, various different uh, results of wins and losses, and, uh, you know, having nights where you may succeed, where you may unsucceed. And um, I think being able to stay the course and uh, just be within yourself throughout that whole process is what helped me this year and what I can take forward going into next year into my career. Um, And then this year, I think it was just, it was super fun, honestly. Um, You know, in, in a, in a way like the season wasn't as fun, I guess, as I would think it would be um, in terms of wins and losses, but, you know, just being around my dad every single day, uh, going through that grind of a season uh, with him every single day, um, you know, that was special. And and that's kind of what I wanted out of it. Just that, once in a lifetime opportunity to play for my father um, after him taking care of me for pretty much 18 years of my life. Yeah. You, you mentioned, um, I think that is really, that's really special. And it's, and it's something that's, you know, every, I think every kid wished they had an opportunity to do that. If, if they were put in that position and if their father was also a coach and also a guy that played too. Well, most guys, guys usually tell you Buddy Beheim took it, McDermott took it. I mean, guys are always going to take the opportunity, you know, and it's even if it's like obviously Milwaukee isn't Duke, but like, you know, it is a cool aspect to got to go there and be, you know, the top guy in the Horizon League, honestly, top recruit ever there. 
you mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes you're seeing triple teams, sometimes double teams, um, never just one defender, always someone in the help side ready in case you beat your man. Is that something you feel like is, a, is an underrated aspect to your game, just your ability to create for other teammates? Because obviously I think what a lot of people are profiling you as is you've got great length, you've got a great shooting stroke um, yeah. from three, from the mid range, the catch and shoot, all those tools are there. But do you, do you feel like that's the main part of your game that people are underrating? And if it's something else, I'd love to hear what people are overlooking. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think in portions of my season, I was able to show the ability to play make for teammates and uh, find the open guy, uh, make the tough passes, put it on the money. Um, you know, to a lesser degree, I think it's another thing that helped me this season is kind of what I call the Luka Doncic effect. Um, when he's playing in Euroleague ball, where it's condensed court, super physical. Um, and in the same in the same sense, Ryzen League, you know, to a, no disrespect, but a lesser degree than the Euroleague, is the same type of ball. It's condensed, super physical. Um, and, you know, you've got really tight windows to navigate and you've got tight windows to put the ball in the money. And, um, you know, you've got a ton of attention on you. Um, so just being able to showcase, you know, the passing and being able to find the open guy and, um, you know, make the thread the needle and make the right passes to teammates is something that I think I, I showcased a, a tad bit this year. Um, you know, obviously I would have loved to play more than 11 games, but um, sure. having that said, I think, I think I did accomplish a little bit there. Mm. Yeah. And you, you, Lucas is you know, a fair player. So good, good on you, Patrick, for mentioning that. Uh, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, the guys that compare you to are KD and Tatum, and we'd love to hear some of the guys that, you know, you've obviously emulated your guy. You know, we've listened to some other interviews, and you said you've emulated your game after those guys. I'd love to hear who else, you know, growing up. But if you look at Tatum in game one of these, of the, you know, the, the finals, he had 13 assists. Yeah. How many times did KD go double-double with assists? I mean, it's so important for guys at your position or quote-unquote position because, you know, the NBA has become so fluid to be able to make those passes and handle the rock. Um, so great that you're working on, you know, that's an aspect of the game that you, you're continuing to build. Who other than though, Katie Tatum, who are some guys that you've emulated? Have you had conversations with like Michael Porter Jr.? Because you guys have had a kind of similar track and I've also had some more comparisons. Yeah, so we have a similar track. We're actually represented by the same guy. Um, yeah. So we've got that connection, but I haven't been able to connect with him yet. Um, I think he's down in Missouri, um, just kind of working out. So I'm not sure. Uh, what he's doing on his end but um, yeah there's definitely been guys um, from Milwaukee Chris Middleton's been a big guy that I watch a ton um, you know I just kind of love those do it all forwards um, you know those dual threat they can kill you from all three levels play make for other teammates and get it done defensively so um, there's a lot of players that fit that mold a lot of players that you know are great at that position um, and pretty much any guy like that I, I tend to watch a ton Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah who are you most excited to face yeah i i think just from watching it from high school i think it's tatum um i would love to see him in a matchup um yeah i know he'll have a lot of strength on me and he'll have a you know a lot more to his game than i would at that point but you know if there's a point where i'm competing with tatum and competing with those guys at the top of their craft um i'm in a pretty good position mm-hmm. i've have teams or conversations with teams, are they asking you to work on certain things? How much of the conversations about your health? Do you have, they want you to put on more weight? I mean, obviously everyone has to put on weight when they get to the NBA, but how is it kind of like, you're not like Chet, who's going to have to put on a couple more pounds than you, I assume. Uh, so yeah. what are some of those conversations like? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the conversations are just about my health, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's been pretty much the whole conversation about my game. Um, it's just, can I be on the court? Because a famous sports quote is availability is your best ability. Um, yeah. Very cliche, but um, it's true. So I've just got to show that I can stay healthy and work out in front of these teams and, you know, be the player that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that quote has caused many an argument uh, on our show, especially as of late with me and Alex over here. Uh, Cause I said, cat was more valuable at the current moment than Anthony Davis. And he told me I was crazy, even though he's a better player, but I said, best ability is availability. Carl Anthony Towns plays. And then he obviously did not do me any service in the first round of the playoffs against the, against the Grizzlies uh, in, in the ring. Let's talk about this other, the rest of the class though, who are, who are some guys in this class, you know, obviously other than yourself that you feel are underrated that can really shine in the NBA. Yeah. Underrated. Um, a guy that I've been watching a ton is actually, uh, the guard out of Ohio state, Malachi Branham. I think he's super underrated. Um, just in the sense that a lot of guards that have that type of success in your freshman year in the big 10 specifically, um, typically go on to be pretty good players. Um, because I think just growing up around the big 10 of Northwestern, it's a Mm -hmm. different type of basketball. Um, it's a, it, it a lot more resembles that European league basketball where it's super condensed courts. Um, you're playing through an old school big, basically. Um, and so when you've got a guy that can, you know, score his his 15, his 16, his 17 points per game in that league as a freshman and then offer you some stuff defensively, um, I think that's a good player. And that's a – I still think he's super underrated right now. Um, aside from him, I really like his game a ton. Aside from him, I really haven't – there's probably one other player that I'm missing. We'll take that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, he's be, yeah. he's a guy that's probably going to go end of lottery maybe, but he could probably go in that 15 to 20 range, and it could totally be like a Tyrese Maxey situation where he was complete or quickly situation and it quickly came out as a sophomore where these guys were just dominant, you know, in the sec and people kind of overlooked it for one reason or another. I mean, the, is that cause your, your draft range is pretty big. Like you could yeah. go in a number of different ways, but has seen guys like Jordan Poole, guys like Draymond guys like Jokic, a second round pick who's one now back to back MVPs. Uh, has that eased that some a bit is to put lo- put less pressure on, you know, having to be a lottery pick kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I think in that sense, there's no particular pressure um, mm-hmm. about where I go in the draft. Um, because as like my family has talked about this, the only thing the NBA draft offers is an opportunity. So once you step foot in that door, um, it's about your work ethic and about how you gel with the team, how you um, how you get along with the coaches, with the front office, and um, really how you carve out your own space for yourself within a team. Um, so that's what we've talked about a ton because we know you know, my family and, you know, my people around me, they know about, you know, my range and where mm-hmm. I can go. Um, so it's not, it's not always about how high I go or um, where I go. It's just about, you know, to which team I go to and if they value my talents or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with, uh, you know, with playing as high a level of basketball as you've played your entire life on the AAU circuit tournaments, you've traveled a lot, I imagine across the United States, but a lot of times when you travel to those places, you don't necessarily get a second to breathe because you're playing nonstop. 
Um, we all know how grueling those tournaments can be the Saturday, Sunday, back to back, nonstop one game after another. Um, are there any places in the United States that you're really looking forward to once you get drafted by an NBA team, get to travel to get to experience? Um, I'm, I think it's more so just arenas. Um, yeah. like you always want to play, uh, Boston just because of that arena. You always want to play the Lakers, which is now crypto arena, but, uh, wait, wait, what do we, what they changed the name? The Staples center was so nice, right? Yeah. It was, I don't know. I still call it the Staples center, honestly. Yeah, so do we, we live in Los Angeles. We call the Staples Center all the time. But when you Staples type Center. in Staples Center, it recorrects on Google Maps to crypto.com. It's the worst. It's the worst. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's just famous arenas that I've grown up watching and um, watching on TV and watching guys have big time performances. Um, I mean, Madison Square Garden is the king of elite performances. Um, that's where a lot of players make their name. So um, just being able to play in those, you know, famous arenas. Um, is definitely something that is super special and that I will never take for granted when yeah. I step foot in those arenas. Yeah. Have you been to the garden before, Madison Square Garden? I've driven past it one time. I've only been in New York once. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Um, I grew up there. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll, you'll really dig it. It's a special place. Uh, outside of basketball, what are the interests? What do you like to do? Favorite food? Guilty pleasure TV show? Let it all yeah. out, man. Talk to us. Yeah. Uh, guilty pleasure TV show is actually Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I'm going back and watching that one. Um, I think it's on Netflix, so I'm just kind of going back through it. Hey, that's that's uh, not a guilty pleasure show. That's, that's just a great awesome show. show. That's just yeah. a good show. That's a, that's a respect, dude. That's a mic yeah. talk, dude. So, yeah. Um, so my parents watched it a ton when I was a kid. So now that I'm older and kind of understand it more, uh, it's definitely a, a more fun watch for me. Um, outside of basketball, I like bike rides. Uh, it's a great way to you know just stay in shape and stay healthy and. Uh, get active and see places around you, um, especially in Chicago. Like this is just great weather to go to go out for a nice bike ride by the lake um, mm-hmm. after a workout. Um, like movies, um, you know, mostly sports movies. Um, and then really outside of that, it's just kind of, you know, being with friends, playing basketball and, uh, you know, video games here and there. Yeah. What's the what's the favorite sports movie? This is a big one, dude. It's Space Jam. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I know it's a basic one, but it's Space no, 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 no. But Space Jam is good. That's a good one. I think. It's an elite one. Yeah, it's an yeah. elite one for sure. I think I mean, my, I think Josh, you're probably in the same boat as me, but my favorite basketball movie is it's probably Coach Carter. I think. No, yeah. I think we're we're in different boats. You don't like my, mine's Hoosiers. You don't like my boat. Yeah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I, I would have, uh, PBJ, I would have said, man, a good one for you could have been uh, He Got Game with, with the whole dad-son dynamic. That's uh, Except yours is like way nicer and like more clean cut than the whole Denzel Jesus Shuttlesworth situation. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that one, so I've got to oh, get on that. Dude, it's a, you know what? As as a guy, you know, Milwaukee dude, you know, did you grow up in Milwaukee? Or you, just, you grew up in Chicago? Yeah, mostly Chicago, but was there for five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Ray Allen. Uh, I love the C's, and Ray Allen's my favorite player. And it's a cool, it's a cool movie to check out if if, if you like Ray Allen. That's a really good one. Um, couple more for you, man. This is a tough one. All right, putting okay. you on the spot here. If you were the Orlando Magic, who would you take first? Can't be myself. Other than yeah, other than you. Nice <laughs> way to cop yeah. out. Other than you. Yeah. Um, I kind of have to go Chet. 
Ooh, really? I think he's the only one I've played with. Um, okay. I love Paulo. I love Jabari. Um, but I think you talk about kind of that match made in heaven with him and Jalen Suggs and, um, you know, his shot blocking ability and his size and, um, you know, his shooting touch. I think he offers a lot. Uh, that's pretty, that's relatively uncovered right now. Um, so if I were the magic, I would, I think I'd definitely take Chet, but not, not a no brainer for sure. There's really, really guys. tough call. Well, yeah. Alex, who was your, you and I in the same, now are we back in the same boat on this? I mean, I don't know. I, I fluctuate every single day. It just depends on what these teams are looking for too. Like so much of it is fit, like, like exactly what you're talking about, Patrick. Um, so I think it just, it depends what they want, right? Like, and Chet's very, wrong. he's, he's really versatile, especially defensively. And that goes a long way in the modern NBA. And, and obviously he showed that he has a great shooting stroke too. So he can space the floor on offense. You got to like that. What, what's the, um, what's like the camaraderie like with, all the guys that are looking to get drafted. Cause I, you know, you played, you played with Chet. You just mentioned you played with a lot of guys on the USA team. Um, and of course you played against a lot of the guys in AAU. Is this a really close knit group? Yeah. I think this class is really close because, um, you know, growing up a lot of the top guys in the 2021 class actually played mostly with the 2022 guys. Um, so I played up with, you know, Jalen's class and that class. And then you see a mixture of the one and dones and then, the guys that played two years in college here. Um, so I think it's a tight, it's definitely a tight knit group. Like we're all supportive of each other. Um, but we're all super competitive too. Um, you know, we have a ton of friends in this class and for the most part, we all know each other very well um, just from crossing paths and AAU tournaments and such. Um, so we're super supportive in that sense, but we're also very competitive. Yeah. And I, I imagine there's also like this aspect of for you guys, your age, Mm-hmm. with everything that the pandemic dealt, right. And, and having to, to deal with that as an individual, you know, having those other guys that had to do with, had to do the same thing. Um, you know, that's a, that's a different added layer, especially the timing, right? Like, was that a, what was that like? Was it just a lot of just basketball by yourself? A lot of like thinking by yourself, like how, how did you deal with that situation that obviously everyone dealt with, but especially for you at such a pivotal time in your basketball life? Yeah, I, th- I actually believe um, a lot of guys in my class would say the pandemic was actually a great thing for us because um, it, you know, we were doing online school. Uh, most of us were, we were doing online school. So really, we just had about three or four hours of online school. And then the day was up to you, basically. So if you wanted to fill that with basketball, if you wanted to, you know, walk outside and I know you couldn't walk everywhere, but if you want to just ride a bike or something or just do something, um, you know, I think it was an intro to being a pro, basically. Um, so a lot of my time was filled up with watching the bubble basketball and, um, you know, just playing basketball, getting into a gym, um, and just being creative with the ball again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's where I think I took a step forward in my progression with, you know, on ball stuff and playmaking was just being in that gym and, you know, consistently getting those reps. in. Mm-hmm. um, so that I think pandemic actually helped me take a huge step forward in my game. Um, and I think a ton of players can attest to that. Um, but I know some people are vary with that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, obviously you're, you love the game. You're a student of the game. What do you, and you're doing media right now, you know, you're obviously taking interviews with us. We've seen you take other interviews. Is that something you want to maybe get into? Obviously you want to get acclimated as a rookie, 
but looking at guys like Draymond, like guys like JJ Reddick, who have their own shows, have their own podcasts, is that also something that interests you or do you think could interest you in the future? Yeah, it definitely could interest me for sure. Um, because I just love talking about basketball. Um, it's literally every, the best every, thing of all time. <laughs> everything basketball, I just love talking about and being about and playing and playing it. So if there's a, a path where I can do some stuff in my free time that involves basketball, I'm all about it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm completely focused on becoming the best player in person that I can. And then, you know, once that gets all sorted out and I figure out, you know, where I stand in the NBA, then then I can start pursuing other things. When you you sit down with your family, because obviously I imagine your dad feels a similar way that you do, but your mom, she was a college volleyball player. Yeah. What is there? Do y'all have rules where it's like, okay, now we can't talk about basketball. Now we have to talk about other things. Basketball. No, basketball is all the time. Free game. game. Yeah. It's free game. That's Um, awesome. That is That's, awesome because my house is not like that. My house is it's me, it's me and my dad, and then I have two sisters who are and my mom, who will watch, but like me and my dad will like it'd be car rides where we're like we're just talking. My mom's like, all right, enough. No more, no more sports, no more baseball, basketball, football. I swear to God, if I hear cricket in a second, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, not our house. Yeah, your yours, your free game, good man. Maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come to the ball ones for dinner one night. Yeah, come <laughs> to dinner. Sure. Did sure. you did you ever play uh, just like recreationally volleyball growing up as a kid? Yeah, I tried it. I tried it recreationally from maybe third grade to like sixth grade. I just didn't love it like basketball, but it yeah. was fun. It was fun. I always I because like like, I, I played. Honestly. Yeah, right. I played it in high school and. <laughs> I played because I was, I was a basketball player and I wanted just more footwork work, you know, more jumping work. Like I, I felt like it could translate well to the game. And it's interesting because I, those guys that play like for the United States team are incredible. Um, but guys like Chase Buttinger, he was an incredible volleyball player yeah. at Arizona. And I know that like a lot of the skill set, especially if you're a two foot jumper, translates really well to volleyball. And if you're that tall, it's easy to block. So I figured yeah. like if you played, you would have been great at it. Yeah, sure. I, it would have helped my two foot jump a ton because I'm actually a one foot jumper. Really? Um, so in that sense, it's definitely going to help me a bit. But that's yeah. just a feel thing. Like I've always been a two foot jumper, even before I played volleyball. And if you go off of one, like I just don't I get scared going off of one. Yeah. Also, like all I can do is touch the net anyway. So it's not <laughs> what does it really matter for me? But <laughs> no, it, Josh, you were saying at the beginning, PB and J, it's got to be peanut butter and jam. But it could has be to be. Pe- it could be PB. It could be peanut butter and jelly. What if he yeah. gives a little jelly? There's nothing wrong with that. No, a little jelly roll is nice. Yeah, yeah, the jam is the jam is tough, dude. You got to go jam. You You can mix it. Are are you thinking about like, because you could really with with branding and just, you know, players and how they they tap into, you know, most guys have their own personal brand. Are you really thinking about like leaning hard into that, into the the PB and J, the peanut butter and jam, peanut butter and jelly kind of thing? Yeah, no doubt. Because I think um, I think it's unique and people have heard it a ton. And if they start attesting whenever you say PBJ and they start thinking about, you know, yourself as the brand, um, that could be a, a very cool avenue to tap into. Do you have a mm-hmm. favorite peanut butter brand? Let's just get it peanut out there. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a GIF guy. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold it. Hold on I'm to it. Yeah. 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 The oh yeah, that's, a, that's a probably a smart move, honestly. I mean, look, you can write a three, you know, acronym name. My, Michael Kid Gilchrist wrote it his whole career. MK, MK, he stayed in the league because of it, honestly. I swear to God, because it was so nice to throw off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> top five players in the league right now. 
top five player in the league, uh, Curry. One? No, not one. Okay, no okay. No order, no, no, no order. No, okay, no sorry. Order. Yeah. I got oversized. Uh, That's me. Yeah, you That's guys me. are about to jump out of your seats real quick. I, I got, I got overzealous. I mean, I, I want to. I, I think he might be top five all time. But that's yeah. anyway. To, who's top five right now for you? Yeah, so it's. I think it's Curry, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Um, I really want to throw LeBron in there. I want to put LeBron in there. Yeah, of course. LeBron is my fourth, and then the fifth. I've got to say, based off this season, probably John Morant. Wow. Yeah. Jaws. He's excited. He's, uh, he's tremendous. Talking yeah. about peanut butter jam. That guy can jam. <laughs> yeah, he can he can get up. Literally, like you space like space jam there. There's been some times where he is like jumped from the moon. It's crazy yeah. he how high he can get up. Um, Patrick, we ask all our guests this. It could be from you playing, watching, anything your whole life. What is your favorite sports memory ever? My U nineteen uh gold medal. Wow. My favorite experience. It's quick, it's- yeah. That that was we've asked that. I mean, we've asked the question like literally four hundred times. That was one of the quickest, <laughs> quickest answers. I think that was on that was on your uh, your Milwaukee page, and I was wondering if you were going to say the same thing. But clearly, it's the yeah. you get the same answer every time. You just know. You know? Yeah, and it, it'll be that until a championship trumps that. So, whoa, that's, that's where I'm at right now. How was that feeling when the buzzer sounded and the game was over, and you knew you guys had won? That was awesome. Um, you know, that was awesome for our group um, because we were just so talented and, you know, we had guys up and down that roster that could have started and played, you know, 40 minutes for any team down there. Um, and I think I think that game in general, it was just cl- it was tighter and it was closer. Um, we were going up against France and Victor. Um, so it was a close game. So it was a ton of fun. Um, but Bro, then people, just pers- do, people don't know him over here. Yeah, he is. They will. He's, they he's they every will. bit of seven foot five with every bit of whatever his wingspan is. Like it's it's ridiculous. What what was that like? Just getting to play guys that aren't from the states? Because obviously, you know, most of those AAU tournaments, like I was talking about before, you're playing a lot of different teams. But most of these guys, like if they want to talk shit, like they can talk to you in English, and yeah. they can get they can get under your grill. They know who you are when when they're ding you up, just like the guys in college did when they're circling your name on you know, on the, the scouting report, but what was it like having that, that culture barrier with so many of these other guys that play from different countries? Yeah. That language barrier was actually pretty cool because I actually felt partly bad because we couldn't speak their language all the time, but typically Mm. they could, you know, speak English and make out what we were saying. Um, so I kind of wish I did a little bit of, you know, research or Language. A little, little Rosetta Stone on the yeah. plane. A little last, yeah, a little, little last bit of French. Hey, all it takes plane. is one teammate though. On on whatever NBA team you end up on, yeah. you just you just sponge up what he has to say, whether he's from Spain or France or or wherever it is, and then there you go. You're bilingual. Boom. Yeah. Done. Boom. So, but in the same, I think it was actually super cool because um that was the first time I'd gotten a chance to play against the Dyson Daniels. I'd never heard of him before I went down there. Um, I had never heard of Nikola uh, Jovic before I went down there. Um, so I got to meet all these new players that I had never heard of that were elite in their own respect, basically. Um, and I just got to watch their games and see, you know, what different countries do, what what different actions countries coin. And um, I think Spain was interesting because they they were just a well-oiled machine almost. Like they had been together for a while. They'd been playing together for a while. So they had, you know, their actions. They had some unique stuff. 
Um, it's, it's crazy. Like cool. some some of these guys, like the Spanish guys' game versus the Australians' guys' game, because like Dice, people are guys like Dyson Daniels. People are gonna know he's gonna go a lot higher. I think people than people realize. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Nikolajovic, who I'm, I want to start a petition that he should just be drafted by the Nuggets because we'd be missing a golden opportunity for the, the, the Jovic and Jokic not to be on the same team here. But it's so interesting you bring up this, the, you know, the Spanish team and how well oiled they are mm-hmm. because you could kind of see that in like a lot of those guys' games. They're so they're very polished. A lot of the European players, yeah, yeah. they were super polished. Um, their point guards were savvy, crafty. Mm-hmm. Um, they could all shoot. Um, yeah, I mean, they got it done without being the elite athletes that that USA might have been. And in their own respect, they're still good athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just love the way Spain played together and. Um, they were pretty fun to watch, even when I wasn't playing against them. Uh, you know, you just poke your head in and see what they were doing a couple of times. Yeah, that's awesome. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Had a blast, you man. Go get him out there, dude. Keep shooting like you do and keep working on your game and, and go have a great draft, man. We'll be pulling thank for you. Of course, man. All right. Catch you later, brother. You too. So 10,000, um, it's, uh, it's a fitness apparel company. And, you know, I, I haven't been able to work out because I've been sick. And I've been bedridden, unfortunately. And, well, you and have for me, been able to be comfortable, right? I have been I've been so comfortable. Like that's what I was about to say. I, I basically have like I've manifested a workout by putting on my ten thousand shorts. I'm currently wearing them right now. My my white uh seven inch inseam interval shorts that I'm wearing with a little black midsection bar. They're they're awesome. Whoa, I thought you were describing something else for a second. <laughs> no, no. But but uh, in addition to the interval short, you know, they make gear specific to other types of training, from running to Olympic lifting, boxing. So you can find a short uh, for, for all the ways that you train. The brand believes in being better than yesterday. A stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. Uh, for me, though, I, I think like the best thing I can say about these shorts, I used to be this way with Lululemon products where when they were when they were clean and in my closet, I would go to them every single time they were clean and I would put them on. And now I'm doing that with 10,000 and I still have Lululemon stuff. It's just better. It's just better than it. And it's my first choice out of my wardrobe. Um, so, so listeners can, can go to 10,000 cause they're offering a 15% off of your purchase. Go to 10,000.com slash stripe S T R I P E to receive 15% off your purchase. It's 10,000.com slash stripe. I like them. Josh likes them. Nick likes them. You'll like them too. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE and get 50% off your first deposit. So whatever your first deposit is at betonline.ag, and you could bet on anything. Futures for MLB. NBA playoffs is right around the corner. Actually, it's here. It's upon us. Playing games start tonight. So go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for joining us. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet about swinging a full counter with that puck at that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws because they are free. Hook them.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.